See Sweet and Sour, powered by Align, the podcast where we talk about the sweet and not-so-sweet sides of leadership. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of See Sweet and Sour. I am very privileged to host Sam Jacobs. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am amazing. And we're going to kick off with a little bio, as always. Uh, Sam Jacobs is the founder of, uh, and CEO of Pavilion the premier community and career development platform for high growth leaders and their teams in every function. Sam launched Pavilion as Revenue Collective in 2016 and bootstrapped the company to 10 million ARR. That is not a simple task. Prior to Pavilion, Sam spent 15 years as senior revenue leader at VC-backed companies in New York area, including Garrison Lehrman Group, Axial, Livestream, Vimeo, The Muse, and Behavox. Seriously, that's a, a hell of a, a hell of a list right there. It's, it started. It's <laughs> like those. Uh, it's like those Christmas lists that just you know you open them up and they just keep rolling. Uh, he lives. <laughs> he lives sad. in the West Village of Manhattan and is with with his wife and two dogs, Walty and Williams. I have to ask, what types of dogs are they? They are Shih Tzus, always often mixed with something else. But okay, um, that's a it's good constantly rotating cast of characters because we adopt older dogs, so they they stay with Aww. us and then they. They go over the Rainbow Bridge, and then there's a vacancy. That's and sweet. Then more dogs arrive. Yeah, I, 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 way back when I was younger, and I did live with my parents. My parents, uh, I'm an only child, so I had a lot of dog brothers and sisters. At one point, we had 18 because one of the 10 that we had at the time had a litter of eight. Wow. Yes, crazy. It was a fun time. What kind of it. dogs were they? Oh, they're all mixed. The only we only had uh, two purebreds. One we brought from Canada. This is in Israel. One we brought from Canada, which was a rat terrier, and the other one was a German Shepherd that was uh, given to us from our neighbor because they couldn't handle her, and we could. So um, <laughs> fair enough. Yes, those are the only two purebreds. The rest of them were all these mixed. Yeah, I mean, we don't have we, we only rescue animals too. So yeah, yeah. My my, no my dad's a, here. Yes. Amazing. 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 That's a uh, very humanitarian of you. Is that, wait, is that humanitarian? Yeah, it's humanitarian. I guess uh, it's nice. <laughs> it's, it's definitely nice. It's, it's, my wife does it. I'm, I'm the passenger on this bus, but uh, in a good way. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. For those that are listening about leadership, I'm sorry, uh, but we are going to now <laughs> step into that, into that right now. Let's just j- jump into it. Uh, when it comes to pavilion, so that is, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about why you created it. Yeah, let's start with that. Sure. Where did Pillar Villain come from? What was the idea around it? The idea, I've been building companies in New York for uh, for 20 years now. And, and you just you know referenced, you mentioned it like it's a long list, right? That I've, a lot of different places I've worked. My friends used to say, Sam, Sam changes jobs a lot. And of course, the reality was that I wasn't just changing jobs. I was being asked to leave those jobs. I was getting fired a lot. Okay. And I effectively realized that although I am, you know, um, moody and somewhat difficult to get along with, that it wasn't just me, that it turns out that uh, more and more people are spending less and less time in their jobs, particularly at the executive level, the average rate of turnover for a VP of sales or VP of marketing is about 17 months. So a year and a half is how long most people last before, for whatever reason, they're asked to leave. And of course, at the same time, the jobs themselves are more demanding because everybody's raised so much money and the skills required to be good at those jobs are changing every day. You know, a couple of years ago, if you didn't know how to use Demandbase or Sixth Sense or some kind of account-based marketing platform, that didn't, that was fine because they didn't exist. But now if you don't know how to use them and you're head of marketing, you're behind, you're behind the curve. So, so the, the skills 
are changing. The companies themselves can't train you. And you're, we're all going to work a million different places before we say our final goodbyes and leave the earth. And so in that, given that reality, and this is in a way, it's a riff on like, you know, the failure of secondary education, although I personally had a really good, you know, university experience. But the reality is that there's no training that exists for people to be able to navigate the modern world and the modern workforce, uh, at least until companies like Pavilion were created. And at the same time, you need a group of fellow practitioners and craftsmen and you know, almost like a guild from the olden days, because there, there's not going to, it's not enough to take a class or read a book. There's even the person teaching the class needs to keep their skills sharp and needs to know what's working today, what's working a few hours ago. And yeah. so that's why we created Pavilion was to be a resource like that, primarily for revenue, for customer facing functions. So we started off just focused on sales and marketing. You know, we have a customer success community. The most recent addition is really an emphasis in a community for CEOs, CEOs and founders. And so, you know, effectively from the CEO to the VP of sales, VP of marketing, VP of customer success, VP of revenue operations and their teams, as you mentioned, if you need what we have, you know, if you want to get training, if you want to get certification around new skills, if you need a community of people to help you be better at your job, if you need a resource because you've just been fired, all of those are reasons to become a paying member of Pavilion. It's about 2,700 bucks a year. That's what we do. Interesting. I, I, I have another guest that's coming on. I don't know how many episodes next, but uh, Anna Powell, she's, she just became a member of Pavilion. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. It's, 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 it's funny how all, all the dots connect in some way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I might be one very soon as well. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'd love to have um, you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I would like to know what the difference between a successful member in Pavilion versus a non-successful. Well, so what is success? What, what, is it, what, is, what is considered a successful member in Pavilion? And Well, uh, the successful member is the person that take. I mean, it's in many ways, we're like a gym membership. So if you never go to the gym uh, or if you go to the gym and you just watch other people exercise, but you don't exercise yourself, then yeah, you're probably not going to get in shape. That would be an unsuccessful gym member. Similarly with Pavilion, you know, we offer products and services. We offer Pavilion University so you can take classes. We offer uh, what we call core groups, which is basically community as a product, which is uh, a group of about 100 people that you get to know that you get to troubleshoot with and brainstorm with. And then there's um, and then we offer in-person events and experiences and we offer a document uh, repository where you can download playbooks and workbooks and comp plans. But the bottom line is that if you don't engage, then you're not going to get value. And if you are somebody that doesn't, sometimes people sign up because they, their friends signed up and they don't have the time to participate and that they become, you know, typically they churn, you know, or, you know, this is on us. We don't make it easy. If you sign up and you join our Slack community and you're like, what am I supposed to do? What happens next? We still give you a call. We have an onboarding team and we do a bunch of stuff. But fundamentally, if we make it too hard for you to figure out how to connect with other people quickly, then there's a high likelihood that you won't find value. Now, on the other hand, if you are ready, you're ready to meet people, you know, you're ready to engage, you're ready to take a class and to show up to class and to listen to the lectures, then you can get tremendous value. And the, and the value manifests itself at different points in your career in different ways. But I'll give you an example from today. So today, I had a call with a friend of mine, but I hadn't talked to her in probably two or three years. And she was the CRO of another company when she first joined. Uh, so let's say three years ago. So 2020, probably it was actually late 2019. It might have been four years ago. Wow. 
And uh, 2019 was four years ago. Holy crap. I know. Isn't that wild? (laughs) Four Uh. years ago, I was in Austin, Texas. But here's the point. The point is, honestly, I just thought of her and I emailed her. I wasn't even, I didn't check because our system suck. I wasn't sure if she was even still a member. You know, I was like, I haven't seen that name in a long time. I hope she didn't cancel. We get on the phone. I'm like, so what's going on? She's like, well, I was just, you know, quasi fired, quasi resigned from the startup that I was at where they were going, they were pursuing an, you know, they stopped trying to pursue an enterprise strategy and I was hired to build out the enterprise team. And so I took myself off the playing field and said, probably doesn't make sense for me to be here anymore. And uh, thanks to Pavilion, I have five different very hot opportunities and I'm probably going to get a job offer in the next day or two. And it would never have happened without Pavilion. And it just happened because of the relationships in the community that I've built over the last couple of years in Pavilion. That's the power. That's yeah. a good member, you know, where I, I, I thought she might have canceled, you know, because I'm still at the point where like if I haven't talked to them, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, if I haven't personally spoken to you, then I'm worried that you might cancel. And so to know that sort of like the system was running in the background and that this woman who's very successful and very competent and very talented had so much success years into her membership. And the way that she framed it was like, you know, I don't need it all the time, but when I do need it, she's like, these hard moments in life are not as hard for me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, she basically had, she could have been freaking out. You know, if she wasn't a member, it's like, how are you going to, you got to reconnect to all your headhunter friends and you got to start where, and instead with Pavilion, it was flip a switch and all of a sudden, you know, she has five job offers and what is supposed to be, you know, like this, this tech recession where everybody's getting yeah, getting fired. Well, so. I wanted to ask you something else, but since you touched on that, this this recession that's going on right now, do you feel it's happening to the smaller techs, like the startups right now? Because from what I'm seeing, at least, the big chunk of the firing was the large companies that had that the ability to hire a lot because they saw there was a huge increase in, like for example, in in, in HubSpot or in uh, in Shopify or all those big companies that saw this influx of people that want to be independent all of a sudden, right? Do you see this happening also in the smaller businesses that are still successful? Are they still firing? Yes, they are. Okay. <laughs> I They're just not hearing about it because they don't feel they need to put out a press release. But yeah. I think that – and if they're not firing now, they will be over the first half of the year because – but it it's because a lot of people hired a lot of salespeople because they raised a lot of money. And it's not necessarily that all of their customers were Salesforce or, you know, Slack or Google or some of these companies. I think PagerDuty announced they laid off 7% of their workforce and Lattice laid off 7, 6% of their workforce. It's not necessarily that those were all the customers of all of like the early stage companies. It was more that it just trickles down. And when they stop buying, then other people stop buying. And then ultimately it finds its way down to you as the earlier stage company trying to get your, get your feet off the ground. And I also think that, you know, you raised a lot of money, you're expected to spend it. And the basic math of how you should structure your business was ignored, or sometimes it wasn't ignored. It's just, you were wrong about how it would play out. You know, you might hire a sales team thinking that you've seen a few early cohorts of renewals and that you really understand what your renewal rate's going to be. And so you can justify specific kinds of comp plans. And maybe you're thinking, we're just going to lean into this and I'm going to hire a an account executive manager and an SDR manager, because that's what we're going to grow into. Mm-hmm. And then if you hit this year and deals start extending and your pipeline isn't as full, then maybe I don't think anybody was malicious. And I certainly don't think, I don't think you can call all of these people idiots because nobody was being called an idiot when uh, salespeople were jumping ship for, you know, $20,000 raise two years yeah. out of school, you know, yeah. like live by the sword, die by the sword. I think we're all just 
participants in the economy to a certain extent, for better or for worse. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's nice headlines, but at the end of the day, it's just how life is, right? You got you, you can't be happy about something because of the same reason you, you're, you're getting sad about. It just... Well, just you gotta, can. It just makes you immature and yes, exactly. probably presumes you might be more childish than, than necessary. Agreed. Agreed. So as you know, you have, you have a long list of, of, of VC, a background, is there something specific that you can say uh, a founder or CEO had in their soft skills that resonated over the companies that you've seen that made them successful? If you ask uh, my friend Brad Sverluga, who, uh, who runs Primary Ventures, he'll say that the best founders are the best salespeople and that they, uh, he always says they can sell stock. Because that's what you're—that's the product that you're selling, right? If you're a founder, what are you selling? You're selling equity in your mm -hmm. company mm -hmm. uh, to potential investors. And so, what are the soft skills? The ability to communicate, the ability to describe and paint a vision of a world that is a different, better world than the one that we live in today because of your product or service. I think that's that fundamentally is you know part of the spark that a lot of great founders have now. You get into trouble because sometimes that, you know, if you're Sam Bankman-Fried or Elizabeth Holmes or, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they were great salespeople too. They turned out to be fraudsters. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's... Snake oil, that, snake oil. Yeah, You got to be able to tell a, a good story. And, yeah. and then obviously you got to be able to tell a good story with a bunch of other things that are part of it. Hopefully you can execute too. Hopefully you can treat people well. Hopefully you can design your organization in the right way and be customer centric so you build the right products and services. But storytelling is the coin of the realm for pretty much every every job that all of us have today. Yeah, it's funny you touched you touched on two two very interesting uh cases with uh with FTX and uh Elizabeth Holmes. Everybody thought she was like the next did you even have like a picture where she was she literally looked like Steve Jobs with the well, turtleneck? The whole thing, yeah. She lowered her voice. Oh my god. So, but I mean I even talk about a step back for women. God damn it. Well, I think there's plenty of male fraudsters too. Oh, so definitely. Think... <laughs> but it, but, the, but the fact that, that somebody like that, that was so promising, just completely, it is because of how publicized it was, it's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. That's why I'm, I'm, when I'm looking at these kind of things, I'm, I'm, even though it's, it's difficult, I'm trying to look at people as people, not as the gender. And if they're good at what they're doing, they're good at what they're doing. doesn't matter if they're man, woman, I don't know, identify whatever, however they want to identify. I'm getting some pushback on that as well because then they say, okay, but but they are what they are, and you should respect that. And I'm like, listen, I just care about who you are. If 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 you're a nice person, doesn't matter what the gender is. If you're a smart person, doesn't matter what your gender is. If you're if you're if uh, you're really good at doing something, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, you can't please everybody. That's for sure. That will. Uh, yes, def that definitely. That specific point, I will agree with you on. Yes. Uh, thank you. I got one point there. Yeah. All right. Um, Besides from Pavilion, so Pavilion is one thing that's probably a great resource for, for leaders right now. Is there anything out there that you think would help a, a, C, a, a CEO or founder, or somebody brand new, or even an apartment head right now to kind of understand how to be a better leader? I think it doesn't, you don't have to buy my thing, but if you don't have a peer group of people that you can have regular access with mm -hmm. and regular access to where mm -hmm. you are asking them, how did you do this? And how did you do that? Pavilion is a big idea because that idea is universal for every job. You know, there's a community for product people called Reforge. Same thing. You know, there's, mm, there's a, yep. a thing for uh, legal people called Tech GC. 
which is for, it's all the same thing, right? It's all that you get a group of people together and you share what your challenges are in a safe space and mm -hmm. it helps. With for CEOs, there's a million of them. There's obviously Pavilion, there's a YPO, Young Presidents Org, there's Vistage, mm -hmm. there's EO, there's a thing called Venwise, there's a thing called 10X CEO. I think the guy that sold the athletic or whatever it's called to um, HubSpot, mm -hmm. uh, Sam Parr, I think he started one. Mm -hmm. I think you got to, the main thing that people got to get over, you know, is people generally are, they tend to view, if you take a short term view, then everything's an expense. If you take a long-term view, it's an investment. Investment, yeah. And people <laughs> I love that. take, they say, oh, it's, you know, it's 7,400 bucks to join the CEO pavilion. It's like 20 grand to join YPO across all the different initiation fees they have. So you're like, is it worth it? Like, I don't know. I mean, how big do you want your business to be? You know, do, what's it worth it for you to be alone doing everything for the first time, making every mistake? In the, what's it worth to just have a quick introduction to the right, VP of people or the right VP of finance when you need to hire somebody feels to me like now you can't do that everywhere. And that's certainly a rationale for spending money in a million different stupid places. But I think generally speaking, like around coaching mentorship, this is an area where people tend to be penny wise and pound foolish in my experience. And I think people should invest in making themselves better. For the leaders themselves, when they are growing, when they are growing their businesses, how strong do you think investing in your in your company is now obviously the answer is yes the question is like i, I don't think anybody if i ever if i ever ask somebody who's who's competent should you invest in your company in your people they'll say no the question is what, what would be the best way to do that i started a company to answer this question so it's impossible for me to answer without a conflict but there's <laughs> I think I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I don't mind. I think okay. you should, every company should sign up for a pavilion, obviously. Yes. Uh, but, but what does that mean? That means that, listen, you're not going to hire the very best VP of sales in the world, probably. Maybe you will. And maybe even when you do, maybe the way that they train people is exactly the right way. But I would think that you want your team. I think the mistake that companies make is they, they want to do it all themselves. And they, you need um, this modern world that we live in. It's almost like, you know, like a cell membrane. Like you need some portion of your team immersed in your stuff, your stuff inside looking inward. But you need some portion of your team on the other side of that membrane, outside in the rest of the world, absorbing new kinds of information and, 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 and having receptors so that new information can find its way. So if you sign your VP of sales up, you pay for their pavilion membership they're, they know what they know, but they also have exposure to a world where they might learn something new and they can bring that back to the organization. I'll tell you that. I'll give you a non-pavilion example. So my VP of people, she's a member of the same, of pavilion for HR, which is called Troop. It's a tiny, tiny little thing, but it's, but it's, um, you know, and maybe they're going to replace Sherm, you know, SHRM the, for, for HR resources, but okay. it's a community of HR and people professionals. Mm-hmm. She's constantly bringing back, this is what they're, I asked this question in Troop and this is what they said. I asked this question in Troop and this is what they said. This is what my people pavilion is telling me. There's just a lot more credibility when I know that she has three different perspectives and is picking the one that she feels is the best versus I just made up this answer. I've never faced this challenge before. I called my mentor. They're not cutting back to me. I mean, l listen, the alternative is you can only hire 30-year veterans or 20-year veterans, but those people probably don't want to work for you. Mm -hmm. So in the absence of that, how are you going to up-level and upskill the people that are currently on your team? You, 
they need to be exposed to the outside world of their function in a structured way. Yeah. However you want to do that, that's what I think. What about people that can't afford right now the 74? Like, I li- literally can't afford. I'm not saying that, you know, they, they have well, it. Well, that's, they're... that's not what, you know, this is sometimes my, sometimes my wife tells me. I'm like, we can't afford that. She's like, well, I know how much money is in the bank account, so we can. And I think she's right. I mean, okay. she's always, what does it mean to not afford? It means that you don't think it's a high enough priority, but you want to still, like, are you, if you literally cannot pay your rent, if it's between paying rent or eating dinner tonight and joining Pavilion, then I think you should pay rent and eat dinner. <laughs> if that's what you're asking me, Philip, I don't want people to starve. So my, no, no. My question is, what do they do? Because they still need to do the same kind of things. I'm, I'm just asking if no, you have I'm, any suggestions on what to do if you can't afford, if you aren't privileged enough or you have the, the revenue to uh, provide you with access to something like Pavilion. No, I hear you. I, I was, I'm, all, I'm only being half facetious because I would challenge what does it mean to be able to afford something? What you're really saying is it's not a high enough priority. And I think if it's a, not a high enough priority, that's fine. Then what should you do? Well, here's what we do in a structured way. You can do it in your own way. You should build your network. You should go out and find other people that do what you do. You should, if you, if they are organizing themselves in some way, great, join their organization, meaning like go out to dinner. And if they're not, then you organize the dinner. Hopefully you can all go Dutch on a dinner and that's something that you can afford. Slack is free. So you can either, and I'm sure there's a million competitors to Slack that are probably offering some kind of PLG motion. Get together. You can even use WhatsApp. You get together on a WhatsApp group and start asking questions and checking in with each other. I'm a part of you know three different WhatsApp groups for my college friends, but our Singapore chapter for Pavilion doesn't use Slack. They only use WhatsApp. So I would say organize a group dinner of people that you don't know that do the same job that you do. Try to put a WhatsApp group together and try to maybe get an email group together so you can attach documents more easily and share comp plans and share resources. And maybe schedule a recurring monthly call with you know all of these people that is not just part of the dinner because not everybody can make a dinner uh, based on family obligations or make a meal. So have a combo of virtual and in-person stuff. And that's what I, you know, and then if you want to find a mentor, there's structure to that, that, that makes it more valuable for the mentor. But that's what I would do. It's interesting you say that because being a marketer, I'm in a Slack group for, I've been in the Slack group for about seven years called Online Geniuses. I don't know if you heard of it or not. Um, I heard it, nobody in there is a genius. Uh, well, <laughs> they want to be. Um, definitely. But no, there, 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 are some, there are some stars there. I have, I have to say, I, I was in there when there's like, I don't know, like thousand, a thousand people now there. I think that's 70 or 80,000 people in this Slack group. Wow. 80,000? Um, yeah, something like that. 70 or 80,000. I, I, I might be wrong, but I don't think so. What's great about it is, is the connections that I created. Uh, and I became also the chapter of Toronto when I moved from Israel to Toronto. And I said like, listen, I wanted to do it in Tel Aviv. I wanted to, I wanted to create a chapter in Tel Aviv. And then I, when I wanted to do that, I three months after, something like that, three, four months after, I, I moved back to Canada. And I opened up the Toronto chapter here. And I became leader of the Toronto chapter. And until today, except for this specific role that I'm looking for, demand gen specialist, I've been able to find people almost immediately. Wow. Um, I don't know what the reason is now for I'm having issues hiring a, a, a demand gen specialist or somebody who's an it's SEO a hard PPC. Role to hire for, yeah. I've never That's had awesome. that problem though. I've never had that problem except for now. It's incredibly annoying. Where do you look for talent? Not high level, but look for medium to maybe junior, or do you not look for that? And then we can move on to another question. <laughs> I would look, someone said, do you have any great sales managers? And I got the results of the final exam for frontline sales manager school from Pavilion. And I did a sort descending 
And I said, here's the people that got a perfect score on the final exam. Why don't you reach out to these folks? So I would look in communities for the most active, thoughtful participants. There's a mix of, there's two kinds of people that are super active. The first are like the talented people that are just super enthusiastic at the very beginning while they get used to it. And then there's the group of people that are just active, but maybe don't have as much value, but they like being active. And I would target the former group, of course. But listen, fundamentally, I want I'd go to one of your, you know, the online geniuses or there's MoPros for, you know, modern marketing professionals. There's, or I'd go to Matt Hines and talk about his coffee talk series that happens every Friday. You don't have to go to Pavilion. I just think that I want the person that is proactively taking it upon themselves to, to improve themselves. They're just going to be better than somebody that, so, I mean, I would do that. Maybe I would use a recruiter. Probably not. But the place I would probably first go is is some of these private communities, just like yours. Do you think it's better to hire really good talent that has experience or somebody who has potential and then growing in that way? I think you need a mix. Okay. I think that, listen, I used to say only the latter. Mm-hmm. And I've been burned. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you yeah. know, what kind of heart surgeon do you want? You know, yeah. well, here's, she was really talented at, uh, <laughs> at, at the X-ray. Let's yeah. give her a chance. So I think there's yeah. certain roles that require a little bit more experience and a little bit formal apprenticeship. And there's other roles. And I think that just needs to be a mix. And I think if it's going to be a mix and you're going to hire a first timer, then you should have a thresh, a margin of error. You should understand that, yeah, you're going to pay less and you're going to get to develop them and hopefully they're super smart, but they're going to make mistakes that somebody else that has done it before won't make. And you have to decide if you're comfortable with if those are serious mistakes or not. Again, like if it's a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon, those yeah. aren't except that the margin for error is lower. If it's um, a floor cleaner, yeah, it's probably okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a buddy. He is the founder and CEO of Nav43. They're one of the like the top SEO agencies, maybe North America, but they, they used to be like really, like they're a very, very good SEO agency. And after he had his core people, all he would do was hire people that have a lot of potential. They would put them through courses, then they would become like their employees. So they taught them step-by-step step on how to become the best SEO specialist, for example, how to be an SEO campaign manager. And that's something that really interested me, but you can't do that off the bat. You have to kind of almost get lucky and get, have find, you know, have somebody either willing to put in their time with equity or you somehow get a series from a friend or something, right? I really appreciated that, that the way, the way that he did it. And, but I just, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's viable for everybody that just to make sure that that, that core and then slowly, slowly grow them. So I, I like when you said the mix. It, it just reminded me of, of, of my buddy. When it comes to leadership styles, do you have a preference? I mean, I have a strong preference for people that know how to do the jobs of the people below them or have done them at one time and can troubleshoot and QA something. I have a lot of deep frustration with people that the answer to every question is, let me go ask so-and-so because they don't know how to do it themselves. They don't know how to pull the data. They don't know how to build a spreadsheet. They don't know how to... They've never built a comp plan before. I So my leadership style is somebody that says, let me, before I ask, let me go figure out if I know the answer to this question and can lead from the front in that way. I like getting that response with my team. If somebody comes with me with a question, I asked it back to them. 
a lot of times because I want them to recognize that they kind of need to figure it out themselves to grow. I probably know a lot of things. Obviously, I don't know everything. I'm, I'm not like my goes big, but not that big. I really want them to come back and figure it out themselves or at least try to figure it out themselves as best as possible before they come to me. So that's kind of what I like to do. And I, and I appreciate you saying that because I believe a leader should even me like when I'm, I'm not doing that because I think that's what they should do. I'm doing that because I do that myself. And I think that's a good way to grow and, and to become a leader at the end of the day. And hopefully you're growing your team to become those types of people that will become leaders in the future because then, you know, you're, you're growing people properly. I talk about this a lot, but imposter syndrome. I got to hear from you. What, what do you, what do you think about it? Have you ever felt it? And how do you overcome that? I, I just, I, I've gotten different answers every it? time. Pardon? I feel it every day, dude. <laughs> Which is funny because, and again, I'm going to say this to everybody who's listening right now. Everybody feels this. And if I'm going to let you keep going, Sam, one second, I, 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 I'm going to let you go, but you are incredibly successful. All right. And you feel this every day. And I want you to, People need to understand that. This is something that you, I almost nobody feel like knows, that's, go ahead. Nobody go ahead. knows what, nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody. There's a certain kind of person that's better at faking it. Exactly what you just said. Like I, sometimes I talk to myself sometimes and I record voice memos and I, I journal, like I try to sort of like record where am I, where am I at in my life? I recorded a voice memo two nights ago or three nights ago. And I was just, I'm like, dude, you've made it. Cause I don't feel like that. This has been a pretty hard year and it's, we're going through a difficult time at the company and I made a bunch of mistakes and, you know, regret, you know, like for a long time, people were like, do you have any regrets? I'm like, no, you know, cause everything worked great. And it was, uh, but if you ask me now, do I have regrets? Do, did I make mistakes? Yeah. Serious ones, like strategic mistakes. And, um, they were my fault. And so like, I forget, like if you had told me, Hey, if you've gone back in time five years and you're like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to start this business. It doesn't look like it could be venture scale at the beginning, maybe because it feels like it's a dinner club, but it'll actually, it'll be 15 million in revenue within a couple of years and you'll control, uh, you'll control the company, but you'll have raised 25 million. You'll have taken some money off the table. You know, you'll like 10,000 people. You'll be regular on calls every single day. People, like I told you, I'll be like, holy shit, that is the, f that is the, greatest That's what I, I want. Must, yeah. yeah. Like I must be jumping off the, you know, I must be like bouncing around the room every day. And yeah. it's like, no, you're not, not only you're not bouncing around the room, like sometimes you lie awake and like thinking like you're a complete and total failure and that like you're completely screwing up. So I don't know if that's imposter syndrome or I'm just, you know, melancholy and depressive, but like, I mean, I wrote this book and the whole point of the part of the point of the book is like lessons for myself. Yeah. You know, it's like, I got to remind myself that things are going great. Objectively, they're going great, you know, and whatever the problems are, you'll fix them. And you're, you're not going to run out of money and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to yeah. be on the street. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You Perspective. Know? Perspective. Yeah, it's it's you got, hard. It, it's very hard. For every podcast, because it's a new person. Every time I, I, I jump back to my, uh, my military experience, I was in the military for three and a half years in Israel. And thank you for it, your service. Yeah. Well, Appreciate it. What what it helped me do is put me in perspective. But even today, sometimes I, I can do it to myself. Most most of the times, I can do it to myself. I can I can self evaluate and recognize that I had worse situations where I might not even be here today if you know something would have moved a little like two inches to the left rather than it would move two inches to the right. Sometimes that doesn't even help me. And for me, I, I try to I try to find like mirror buddies 
in my network and my close network, my close friends. And what I do is even if it's not, even though I don't actually speak to them, I kind of evaluate each other, even though you should probably should do that. But I do that to kind of recognize, hey, listen, I'm not that far off from this guy and this guy's doing amazing. I'm not far off from this girl and she's actually doing amazing. Or maybe I'm even better than him, right? Why the f am I complaining? Right. I, well, let me uh, push back on this a little bit. Sure. <laughs> I think what you really need to train yourself to do is to have a different dialogue with yourself as opposed to comparing yourself to others and say, I mean, they could, first of all, nobody is doing quite as everybody thinks that they're not doing well and that you're doing great. So right now right. there's like 50 <laughs> people that are like, wow, he's doing fucking awesome. I wish, why is my not, life not like his? I just saw his Instagram and you know, like, but I think the real trick for me, the turning point for me wasn't, was to not like compare myself to people I was doing better than it was to stop comparing myself, which is very hard. And it's not something I'm, it's not easy to do. I'm not no. saying it's easy. I'm just saying that I get in that I've built a practice over the last couple of years of journaling almost every day and saying, Hey, I love you. That voice memo, you know, like part of the point of the voice memo mm -hmm. is like, cause I'm saying, I'm like, listen, dude, I'm proud of you. And it sounds weird. I don't know what it sounds like, but like, I listened to it a, like a couple of days later and I'm sitting there saying, I'm proud of you. And I said, thank you. <laughs> cause I'm insane. But also because like, you need to get in the habit of like, Give it to yourself, you know, be your best friend, be someone supportive to you. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I, you, you touched on your book. I, I would like you to expand on, the, on your book a bit. Tell me a little bit what, what's it called? What's it about? Sure. It's right here. Go for it. Pitch. Kind folks finish first. Kind um, folks finish first. It is the story of building pavilion and it is, it's what we're talking about. It's that for a long time, for about 15 years of the last 20 I was unhappy. I told myself I was failing and not doing well. I got divorced. I had a bunch of bad job experiences. I kept getting fired. And uh, it's about when things started turning around. And they started turning around in 2017. So they started turning around about five years ago. Mm -hmm. Or I guess it's six years ago now. Almost, yeah. Half. Well, depending on which it was, month. Yeah, but yes. it was Friday yeah. the 13th of October, 2017. So like, you know, five and a half years ago. It was the, last, the second to last time I got fired. And it was about rebuilding my philosophy of work, which is to the point kind folks finish first is about a strategy, a playbook for, for doing different business in a different way. And, and not because you're going to go to heaven, not because like you feel good about yourself, but you're still a loser and yeah. you're still broke, but it's a strategy for wealth creation and for professional development and for career acceleration that is built on effectively kindness you know, people can quibble about whether or not they think I'm kind, but it's about trying to do the right thing. It's about helping people without asking for anything in return. It's about being supportive. It's about making connections. It's about doing stuff without keeping score and playing a longer term game. And it's about a philosophy to remind yourself to do those things, you know, mm -hmm. when... Uh, anything you would want to tell... Okay, so there are a lot of people that are going to be listening uh, that are... CEOs, what they want to be, but five years back, similar to how you were in the same situation. Is there anything you want to tell those uh, soon to be very successful CEOs that might not feel very successful right now? Kind of like a, a quote or, or something to remember. The three, the three values of the three core principles, or maybe there's four, but uh, of the book, right? Mm -hmm. The first is build relationships, not transactions. Uh, I can talk about what that means, but it just means, so the second is related to that, play a a big long game versus a short small game mm -hmm. it's directly related and the third thing is help other people before you ask for help yourself the final thing i would say is 
be somebody you'd want to be friends with, meaning um, the voice in your head needs to be supportive. If, if you're constantly telling yourself what you didn't do, what a loser you are, why your results aren't impressive, ask yourself if you take that voice, those thoughts, and you put them into another human being and you spent time with that human being, would you want to? Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the times you wouldn't. So those are, that's what I would, sh I would share with people that the best way to achieve success, the last thing I'll say is this. You know, what do they say? Gratitude is the energy most harmonious with, with is the frequency most harmonious with abundance in the universe. That if you're a downer, if you're a negative person, if you're constantly upset and depressive, that there's this world where you think if I if I'm like that all the time, it'll bring success closer to me. And it will not. It will push it further away. To he who hath much more shall be given, right? Like you have to be the person that expects good things to happen because you're content with the way things already are. Now that I, I contend is a weird word. I don't mean be passive and I don't mean not being ambitious. Mm -hmm. And there's a constant tension that's involved, mm -hmm. but you can't be desperate. You know, the yeah. universe doesn't reward desperation. It rewards urgency, but not desperation. Yeah. You should, you should believe in potential and, and, and work towards it. And, and you know, going back to imposter syndrome, you just understand that you'll, you, you might always feel that way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're correct. Exactly. Amazing. So I, I got, <laughs> we're good because this is. I guess we're we're done on time now, and I I want to say, Sam, this was this was good. I really like this. I really like what you're doing. Right, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. Networking in general and understanding to get help and helping others is something I truly believe in. I selfishly believe in karma. That's like what I like to use because I know it'll come back on me, even though I probably shouldn't look at it that way. But uh, I, I think that's okay. Long-term greedy versus short-term greedy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to use that, and that is why. And in your situation, where your 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 success comes from just being nice, right? Doing the right thing and and moving forward. I'd say kind. I'm not I'm not always nice, but uh, but I but yeah, trying to do the right thing over a long period of time. Don't yes. do the right thing for a month and say, "Where's my Where's my check?" Amazing. So yeah. So I'm gonna on that note. Sam, thank you very, very much. Tallest is out there. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next on the next episode of C Sweet and Sour. Thanks for having me.